fucking deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucking deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Fucking deep. Put it in deep. Leafs are all over the net there now. There's a chance at the line. Big shot by Cavalier. Shoots right in. Scramble. Score. The Leafs have tied the game. And the place goes crazy. This is a tired crew in line. Maple Leafs. Nylander. Side of the net. Matthew scores. Deep, putting the puck deep, put pucks in deep, just put the puck deep, getting pucks out, getting pucks deep, pucks in deep, pucks in deep, puck deep, pucks deep, keep getting pucks deep. Mike Ross here, public address announcer for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're listening to the Pucks in Deep podcast with Adam Lesko and Josh Coleman. Well, Lesko. We made it. Time. We made it. Time. We did make it. It went by so quickly. It did. It, I was thinking that on the way here. We're here again. It's crazy. I said it to Kirsty the other day, and I think it was because of the nice warm weather that we just had on the weekend. Yeah. You know, really get you into the playoff mood. Not to say that um, it feels like the warm weather is here again quickly, because that's <laughs> definitely not the case. It felt like forever before we had some nice weather around here, man, but... Yeah, the garage doors were open on the weekend. I was getting it prepped for the playoffs, and I thought, holy fuck, I remember 300 and whatever, 40 days ago, I said, I I just want to fast forward. Not like through life and everything, just as it relates to the Leafs. Ah, I wish I could fast forward. Well, we're always complaining about the season being way too long. Too long, you know? So anyway, we're here. It's episode 108. We're back. The playoffs are upon us. Puck drop is literally... Seconds away from the 2023 NHL playoffs. And we have an awesome guest here, as you can see in the title. It's Jake Hahn, Sirius NHL Network Radio Channel 91 host, friend of the show. He's going to return and break it all down for us, Lesko. It's going to be a lot of fun. He's pumped. He's ready to go, actually. I should probably just call him. What do you think? Get after it. (laughs) Get after it. I mean... The thing with Jake is he's so knowledgeable. I told you just before we went to air that like we're he's going to carry us. He's going to carry us for sure. But also at the same time, I'm looking forward to <clears throat> hearing what he has to say on some of the most recent news. Lasko, like you know, we we were just going to talk about playoffs, but we got a bunch of news here. We got some firings, some mutual agreements to uh, part ways. It's 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 kind of crazy. So let's get Jake on in here and see what uh, he has to say about everything. Like you said. He talks about it all the time, so... The end of the season is such a bloodbath. I forgot about all the firings that take place. <laughs> it's like three coaches, three GMs, I think, in the last three days. Yeah, it's like Blue Monday. Do, you, do we have you on the line here, Jake? Uh, you got me, boys. Hey, I'm here. There, hey there's, our, there's our guy. What's up, Jake? Uh, we're live here on the show. 
Uh, bringing you in right off the hop, man, you, you didn't get a chance to hear the intro, but I think you would have appreciated it. It was just basically a bunch of like spine-chilling leaf playoff goals over time and tie game and one goal lead. Matthews, you know, it was just to get your blood boiling. So I said to Lesko, we're here again. A year has passed already, and we're it's Groundhog Day. I'm Bill Murray with the microphone. <laughs> Well, I, I was going to say, too, just because you mentioned the montage off the top, I think that's one of my favorite parts about the opening week and the playoffs is these montages with, like, really intense music and highlights from, you know, you mentioned the Leafs, but just all playoffs. That always just gets the juices flowing. So uh, I don't know about you guys. I'm sure you agree with me, but this is this is the best time of year. The, the first couple weeks, the first round, it's just it's so fun. I, I can't I'm so glad that we're finally here and we can get this going. Yeah, we don't have to wait very long here. Puck drops uh, just a few minutes away, I guess, in Boston, Florida. And that's an interesting series, I think, because Matthew Kachuk basically put Florida Panthers on his back and dragged them to the playoffs kicking and screaming. But I've heard some ideas out there that uh, Florida is an interesting matchup for Boston. And I uh, yeah. just wanted to get your thoughts on that series. And it's Boston really just destiny's team this year. Yeah, I think that's a great place to start here because I think the first question you have to ask about the playoffs is, okay, is it Boston or is it the field? You know, kind of like what we were talking about with Colorado last year. I think it's different this year, guys. Like, I, I felt like Colorado was a tier above everybody last season. As great of a season as the Bruins have had, and it was historic and it was very impressive. I mean, they only had one three-game losing streak all season. I don't feel like they are, you know, as, should be as big of a favorite as Colorado was last year. And I feel like this team is beatable. That being said, I don't think Florida is going to be the team to beat them in the first round. I could see them taking a game or two, and I don't think they're going to be an easy out by any means. But this Boston team is just too consistent. They're too good. And they're so clutch. I mean, you guys have seen it countless times, obviously, against the Maple Leafs uh, in particular. But they do it to all. They, they do it to every team, man. Like third period tie game or they're down a goal always seem to find a way. So I don't think the Bruins are going to blow teams out by four or five goals every single night, maybe like Colorado did in the playoffs last year, but they just find a way to grind out those one-goal games and score in the clutch moment. So I think Boston gets through Florida, maybe loses a couple games, and then round two is when it really will start to get difficult for the Boston Bruins, and I'll, I'll, I'll ask questions at that point. Oh, okay. You'll field questions at that point. Okay, I see. So <laughs> what, what exactly would you say, if you could elaborate a little bit, Jake, you said that the Bruins might not be as favoritable as the Avalanche were and that they may be a beatable squad. So what, like what separates them in that regard? At what point would you say, well, this is, this is what I look to and think that this is why they, they might be able to be beaten. Yeah, I think that's a good question. And my answer would honestly just be the field. Like I, I think the field is stronger this year than it was last year. And, and Colorado to me, just top to bottom last year, they were just absolutely loaded. And there really wasn't anybody in the Western conference. I thought that was capable of challenging them. So ultimately I felt like they had a, a very clear path through to the West, and then you'll kind of take whoever you get in the in the final. Now, ultimately, they pulled Tampa, which was not an easy opponent, and a team that had been to that had won two straight Stanley Cups and were going for a third. So, to me, I, I don't think Colorado really got challenged until that Cup final last year, and Tampa was a little bit banged up. So, not trying to take anything away from the Abs, but I just felt like their path was very gettable last year. They took full advantage of it, and I mean, they they really never faced much adversity throughout the course of that playoffs, outside of maybe a Nazem Kadri injury. But for the Bruins, I just think the field is so much stronger in the Eastern Conference this year than what the Avs had to deal with in the Western Conference last year. 
like I said, I think they get through this first round, but then you're looking at Tampa Bay or Toronto in the second round, and then you're probably looking at Carolina, the Rangers, or the Devils in the third round just to get to the, the cup final. And then you'll face a great team from the Western Conference there as well. So that's my answer. I just think the path is more difficult for the Bruins than it was for the, the Colorado Avalanche last year. Yeah, it's a gauntlet for sure. And I think I like that answer because it's not so much you know, a slight to the team the Bruins. It's more so in general, the, you know, the, like you said, the field is much stronger. So it's easier to take the field than one person. Yeah. The East is a bloodbath. And just like you said, Jake, last year, by the time Tampa got out of it, I mean, they were banged up. You could even see it. I think after the, the grueling battle with the Maple Leafs in the first round. So it'd be interesting to see whichever team makes it there, what, what they still have left in the tank. Yeah, I, I, boys, I think the East is just unbelievable this year. Like, it's going to make for some great series. And the, these top six teams, like, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, I know we're talking playoffs here, but even just moving forward over the next few years, the landscape of the Eastern Conference is going to be so interesting because I believe Toronto and Boston aren't going anywhere. You can maybe make a case Tampa is starting to fade a little bit, but I, I struggle to see them just falling off of a cliff. There's still too much talent. And then you've got the top three or even four in the Metro if you want to throw it to the Islanders as well. And then you've got this group of teams in the East that are trying to make a push, right? Your Ottawa's, your Detroit's, you know, even Montreal to a lesser extent. I think they're a little earlier on in it. But there's a lot of teams that are looking to take that step. And, you know, now we're seeing Washington and Pittsburgh maybe take a step back. I, I think we're seeing the the landscape of the eastern conference changing but ultimately there's only eight playoff spots and there's probably about 12 teams in the east that are going to go into the season next year hoping to make the playoffs geez jake i think all all six sabers fans that we have just shut us off right now (laughs) (laughs) sorry guys i'm just gonna rake right over that here you know (laughs) pretty interesting not having Sidney crosby and the pittsburgh penguins in the playoffs if there was a team i continuously gave the benefit of the doubt to this season i really thought that they were going to get in there but i guess matthew kachuk had other ideas yeah, that's right. And I, I'm, I'm like you, man. I, I gave them. I felt like I gave them the benefit of the doubt for maybe a little too long this year. But that being said, I, I feel like Pittsburgh could be back ne- next year. Now, back as a cup contender, probably not there. But in terms of being a, a playoff contender and a team that can make it, I, I still don't think we've seen the last of Sidney Crosby wearing that Penguins jersey in the playoffs. So, like, let, like, let's be honest. They missed by you know a couple points late in the season. It still came down to the final week. Uh, there's improvements that need to be made to that roster, but I don't think it's as doom and gloom as that Washington Capitals roster right now. I look at the Caps and I go, that's an old team, that's a slow team. I, I don't know where the direction is going. I could see Pittsburgh bouncing back next year and, and being a playoff team again. So you're not disappointed about how anything shook down? Like, do you think, I know you're a fan of the sport in general, Jake, but we all have our little nuances and, oh, this rivalry is great or I'd love to see that series. Like, are you happy with the, the formation? Because I personally am. I, I'm, not happy that, I'm not happy that Crosby and Ovi are out, but I am happy to see some change, personally. Yeah, yeah. I like to see some fresh blood. Like, look, we're all hockey fans here, and I think we all appreciated the, the Crosby and Ovechkin era that still exists. Like, these guys right. are still going, and o- Ovi's going to try to chase Gretzky down. And, I mean, Sid is still – I thought he was playing at a heart trophy level for the first half of the season and maybe tapered off a little bit. But Sid's still one of the best players in the game. So these guys aren't going anywhere anytime soon, and I hope they continue to play for the next few years and, and play at a high level. But it's nice to see some new teams. It's nice to see some new matchups. We saw what – we've seen Washington and Pittsburgh count times i think they are past their prime in terms of that being a great rivalry and we had some we had some good years of it it's time to create some some new rivalries and we'll see if those teams can maybe get back 
uh, at one point. But we are seeing a bit of a changing of the guard in the Eastern Conference, guys. Yeah, well said. I think they should have tanked. Just a quick little tank. Just a quick little <laughs> quick, quick tank. I'm just going to yeah, pull over here and do a little quick tank. And then, I don't know. That's I mean, like the, maybe they like would have like been able to get the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> like the Warriors did, yeah, right? They kind of right. didn't it? Didn't they do that one year? They like they won championships, and they had like a quick little tank. They drafted like first overall, and and they're back to winning championships again. You're it's, right. It's right there. Well, they had, statistically speaking, I mean, they do fairly well with drafting generational generational talents first overall or being gifted them. I mean, they yeah. get Mario, <laughs> then they win the Mickey Mouse lottery after the lockout for Crosby. And how about Bedard? He would have been welcome on that team, no? Well, and and speaking of Bedard, guys, like how crazy is that draft lottery going to be this year? I, I know, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys remember the the Maple Leafs and that draft lottery quite well when everybody was, you know, sitting there waiting, seeing if they were going to get Austin Matthews and kind of that anxiety of watching that all go down. Um, a lot of fan bases are going to be feeling that very soon for, for Connor Bedard. I mean, that is a, an absolutely game-changing moment, not only for a single team, but for the landscape of the NHL over the next decade. Dude, a lot of people are going to be spinning the wheel. <laughs> a lot of people are going to be spinning the wheel. Like you be, being where you are, of course, on NHL Network Radio, Channel 91. We're here with Jake Hahn, of course. Um, how often do you spin that sucker just for fun? Oh, I've hammered that thing countless times. It. Like it's 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 insane. You you kind of get carried away to be completely honest. Like once you go on it, you click it a couple times, and then all of a sudden you've you've hit it like 50, 60 times, and and you're like, okay, I'm not even proving anything at this point. I've seen every logo pop up, and Connor Bedard's landed on each and every team. But it is kind of fun. Like you could sit there and maybe do like thirty spins, let's say, and mark down how many times it goes to this team, this team, right. and this team, and kind of do your own little little percentages, right? It is kind of fun to play around with, and it's, it's interesting to think of the scenarios. And we do this all the time. We go back and we do redrafts uh, for, you know, drafts that happened 15 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago on the show. And we think about how, how crazy it would be if, like, Crosby was a Washington Capital or, you know, this play, or, you know, McDavid was a Buffalo Sabre or something like that. And we're going to be saying those same things in like five to seven years about Connor Bedard and wherever he he ends up and thinking, man, I wonder if the if the lottery ball bounced this way, how that could have affected a franchise. So uh, we're we're living in it right now, and it's going to be really interesting to see uh, where he ends up next year. As Just, long as he ends up out in Anaheim, I think yeah. we'll be happy about that. Keep <laughs> yeah. him keep him out of Ottawa, Buffalo, Montreal. I think, and that's what we're looking for. <laughs> where would you want him, Jake? If you could, uh, yeah. if you could just play the largest ping pong ball and say this is yeah. this is where I would put him. I love this question, and I would actually love to hear uh, both your guys' take on this as well. To And I have a feeling it's going to be a Western Conference team, judging by <laughs> that answer right there. Keep them out of the East, especially out of, out of the Atlantic Division, away from the uh, the Maple Leafs, especially away from the, the Montreal Canadiens. I like the sounds of, of the Anaheim Ducks, and I, I also really like San Jose as well. I've always been a fan of the Sharks organization. I don't know if it's just the jersey, the Shark jersey. I've always really loved it. That so Bedard out there. Yeah, I, I kind of like uh, you know thinking of uh, California – uh, Connor Bedard out there playing for one of those two teams. So I don't mind that. And I think another team, uh, if we do go to the Eastern Conference, that's interesting is the Columbus Blue Jackets. They haven't had sort of that game-changing player, that game-changing type moment before. So to bring in Connor Bedard and to reload next year with a healthy Wierenski, John second year of Johnny Gaudreau, hopefully more comfortable with the team, a healthy mm. Patrick Laine, like that could be a really fun roster for next year. Like that's the landing spot I see for Connor Bedard that I think he could have some instant success next uh, next season if he ends up on Columbus. I like those two options, Jake. And uh, you, you had said that you'd like to hear our options, and it's it's yeah. kind of boring radio here, boring podcasting, but they're the exact same two as you. Um, Anaheim mostly just because of that raw young talent, that elite 
like swagger that I think has a chance to build. I'm not saying it's elite right now, yeah. uh, but there's an opportunity for something to build there. Uh, and adding uh, a generational piece like Bedard would be awesome out there. And then also with the San Jose, and it's funny that you say that for some reason you just kind of like the organization. Uh, one of my best buddies, Hendy, uh, shout out to Hendy. He, he, he loves the Sharks also. Like he's a Leaf fan at heart, but he's always just – loved the sharks for some random yeah. reason like he was a huge Evgeny Nabokov <laughs> fan you know <laughs> just loves the sharks like as his western team quote unquote um so by you know just from I guess some I, I took some shrapnel you know I kind of like the sharks too and Lesko's not wrong with the the teal jerseys like they're a nice kit um you know they they come out under the shark head and they've got that low menacing uh horn which I, I don't know if I'm a bit of a nerd here, but I put a lot of stock in what the horn sounds like, especially during playoffs. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, I love the I love the Sharks horn, guys. And, right? And that's the thing. I, I, I think it goes back sometimes just to, like, childhood memories. Like, you get attached to a logo or you get attached to a team. I remember just being a kid and seeing the Sharks. And we didn't get a ton of Sharks games. Like, back then, you weren't watching the entire NHL package. We got the Leafs games. We got the Habs games, the local teams. But – Anytime I would catch a Sharks game, I'd go, oh, that looks cool, right? That Shark jersey, and you kind of get enamored with it, and hey, it sticks with you into your later years. So, well, you're right, uh, yeah, Jake. A- yeah. And mostly it's, it would be playoffs for us. We didn't have NHL package either, but you would see the only time you would ever see Sharks home games were because they were playing in the playoffs against Calgary. And it was at 10.30 p.m., and you weren't supposed to be awake, but you're, you're fucking around with the rabbit ears trying to get no- channel number three, CBC, to work on your parents' television. <laughs> you know, and it's actually working. And that, for me, that's a little nostalgia, I think, uh, listening to, like, Chris Cuthbert back in the day call the games on CBC when I should have been in bed. I'm totally with you guys on those teal jerseys, too. I've loved them since the 90s. I love that they brought them back. I think they're absolutely beautiful. Um, I'm on Columbus though too I think for for Bedard I agree with what you said Jake they've never had that generational talent I mean they've haven't yeah. had a, a, a pick anywhere in that stratosphere you'd say till since Rick Nash mm-hmm. uh, so I think and that combination of players that, that you mentioned would make for a really interesting team and I don't know they just need someone to put butts in seats there right like they, they yeah. need to they need some a spark I think that team's just been mired in being mediocre at best forever it seems like speaking of staying up late uh like you guys mentioned with staying up when we were young when we're not supposed to to watch those games where are you guys at on long overtimes in in the playoffs now that you've gotten a little bit older i think when we were all you know in high school age like go four overtimes go five overtimes go as long as you want but yeah people get older you get married you have kids and you have responsibilities like do you guys still love that like three four overtime game or are you at the point now where you're like let's just let's just settle this in like one overtime i don't, I don't need to be up till till two in the morning where are you guys at on take that? Go, go ahead take depends it where it is like who it is <laughs> if it's if it's the maple leafs then it's like okay i can go for it because you're ha- you know you're there well, you're sort of have i say having fun in air quotes you're in though but you're in it you're in right i think with a game you're just kind of passively watching you're probably like all right let's wrap this up i gotta go to bed i got somewhere to be and i'm a guy who can't even i can't even stay up for friggin west coast leaf games anymore i'm just like nope can't watch them for a week Okay, so uh, for, for for me, I'm Jake. Are you familiar with the uh, Marty Wildwood, uh, the the pleasure pack there? That crazy guy outside the LCBO. Yeah. Of course, of yeah. course, right? Okay, so yeah. Canadian icon. <laughs> yeah, so I, I kind of answer the question like he does. Well, what day? 
What day? You know, um, you're only supposed to, how many drinks do you have a day? What day? Um, for me, it's like, if it's on a weekend or whatever, I think it's okay. Like I can manage. Um, yeah. because I don't really, I don't know the it's the weekend tomorrow. Anyway, I'll probably be up still relatively early, but I don't have to like get up and go somewhere and do something and, you know, work hard or whatever. Um, but at the same time, like, Talk to me in a couple weeks when I officially become a dad and I've got a newborn. You know, oh, like it's uh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, due date April twenty five. So I'm considering the like I'm coming to grips with the fact that the baby could potentially arrive like in an unreal moment. Like the Leafs win a series <laughs> for the first time in twenty years. Uh, I love you know, I love that that's where your mind goes. That's uh, that's what I love about you guys. It is. I mean, I, I I don't care about it, like interrupting the evening. Like people like <laughs> people like to give me you know the the gears about that. Like, oh, you won't be able to watch Coley in the in the delivery room. He'll be on his phone. Ha ha. Like, okay, relax. Like, I can miss it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not life or death to miss it. Obviously, birth of the child uh, trumps everything. But I just have this weird feeling yeah. that it's gonna end up happening in a glorious moment and it's going to be like Coley's greatest week of his whole <laughs> career as a human being like you know birth of a child Leafs win the first round like it's Matthew, gonna be Matthew's good. game seven overtime winner right as the as the baby's coming out <laughs> oh, oh my man God. that's too stressful that's Jake. Way you, can't too put, stressful. you can't put that in the goddamn universe bro come on uh where are you at with the Maple Leafs Jake I guess we got to ask you for sure um I think yeah. uh, it's, it, it's obviously one of the more talked about series, and it seems that a lot of people have the Leafs pegged as the favorites right now. Um, so I wanted to get your thoughts on it, and uh, I give us a, give us a number of games as well. Who do you think is going to win? How many games will it take? Yeah, I, I do feel like there's a lot more Leafs love out there in terms of the predictions than there was last year. I feel like last year going to the series, it was closer to a 50-50 split, maybe leaning a, a shade towards Tampa because you know they were the two-time defending champs, but the Leafs did have home ice advantage last year as well. So you know it felt like it was closer to that 50-50 split, but this year I'm, I feel like a lot of people are picking the Leafs and just saying the Leafs are flat out the better team. They're the deeper team right now. Uh, Tampa's getting older and, and maybe they're past their prime and you know, it's, it's all behind them. Guys, I think Tampa slow played the end of that season. I, I know people, pe people look at it and say, oh, well, you know, they got smoked by Ottawa. They gave up seven goals in this, this. Like, when you play that much high-intensity playoff hockey as they have over the last three years, it can't be easy to get up for a random Tuesday night game against the Ottawa Senators right. in the regular season, especially when you have nothing to play for. Like, they knew their fate for a while. They knew they've been facing the Leafs for a long time this season. Yes, there was home ice to play for, but then that kind of faded away as well. The Leafs, you know, gap between two and three grew so large that I just think Tampa didn't care anymore. And I, I think there were certain games against good teams that they chose to get up for, kind of like prove-it games against teams in the playoffs that they know they're going to have to face. Uh, and then some of the teams below them in the standings, I think they had trouble getting up for those games. So ultimately, I, it's still like a prove-to-me a prove -to -me type situation with the Maple Leafs, how they can close out the series. I think they're going to get up in this series. I have a feeling they're up 2-1 or 3-2 at some point in this series. Can they close the door on the Tampa Bay Lightning? That's the question for me. I think this goes seven games, guys. I'm leaning towards the Maple Leafs in that seventh game. Uh, but um, like we've seen many times before, they've had a lot of trouble in that seven-game spot. Bro, it can't go seven. You know, like it always goes seven. I know, and I, I don't think I can deal with it again. I, I guess that's maybe I'm speaking for you, but when you say it can't go seven, like I don't think I can handle it going seven again. 
after well, what we've been I, through. What do you mean you can't handle it? That's like when someone says, oh, I booked my flight to Florida next week. I can't wait. Well, guess what? You're going to wait because <laughs> you're not going tomorrow. You told me you booked it next week. So for us, we go like, oh, no, it can't happen. It can't happen. Well, it, it can. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. It can happen. And, you know, put a little Kyle Dubas on it. It can and it will probably because why else? And I don't know. I don't know, Jake. I've had I, – I literally put in the tweet there because I needed you to try and talk me off the ledge because yeah. I, I seem to be backwards than everybody. You just said earlier that all the money's coming in. Everyone's got love for the Leafs, right? Like, yeah. who's that coming from? Because I got some close buddies. I got um, acquaintance buddies. I got group chat buddies. Everyone seems to be loading up on the Leafs. And I'm the guy – that is usually always like, oh, the Leafs are the best, man. We're going to win for sure. And now this year, I'm like, well, what, uh, what am I supposed to expect? You know, like I expect them to lose fully. So, like, is, it, is, is this the time when it's going to swap around or am I missing something here? Like, we've seen this movie, like, too many times. I don't know. I'm nervous. I, I'm, I don't know how many of the people that are actually predicting the Leafs and these predictions that I'm talking about are actually putting their money down where their mouth is. I think a, you know a lot of these predictions that we make sometimes can be empty predictions. You just make your picks, and a lot of the sports media and hockey media people will make their picks, but there's no real money on it, no real investment. You can kind of go make your picks, and no one's going to kill you for it either way. So I don't know how many people are lining up to bet the Leafs at chalk. I'm certainly not doing it going into this series. And I do think they're going to get off to a good start, though, guys. Game one, we saw it last year. They hit the ground running. I think 5 nothing, right, was the final score in that first game. And then Tampa made adjustments as the series goes on. I think the Leafs are going to come out pumped with home ice advantage. They know there's pressure on those first two games. When you're the home team, you can't afford to lose one of those games because then it's 1-1 going back. You've lost home ice advantage, and you give a team like Tampa Bay that kind of momentum. So not only do they have to come out hot in game one, they have to follow it up in game two as well. And I think they won't really feel comfortable until they're up 2 nothing going to Tampa Bay. But... Boys, I'm sorry. I would strap in for a long series. Maybe it doesn't go to seven, but I, I really struggle to think that this is over in like four or five games. I can't believe you just said that they would feel comfortable after going up two nothing in the series. Like, did you? Have, should never feel. Did you eat some special brownies before you called here, Jake? We can't be comfortable until the series is four nothing. That's it. No, or Bruce, not. Sorry, not four nothing. Four. You know what I mean. Four whatever. We can't be comfortable until we get to four. Fans would be comfortable three nothing up like four nothing in game four. Yeah, like, not, I, I not comfortable, <laughs> not good. There's enough. no there's no comfortability until that that final buzzer in, in the uh, in the fourth win. And that as we know, that fourth win has been the most elusive win. Winning three games in a series doesn't seem to be a problem yeah. for the Maple Leafs. They they find a way to win games in playoff series. They don't get dominated. They don't get smoked in these series. It's just that fourth win for whatever reason. It's closing out a series, whether it's up three two or it's. It's 3-3 in a Game 7 type situation. We know they've just struggled to, to close the door. So that's what it's going to come down to. I, I think they probably get to three wins again in this series. You know, is that 3-1? Is that 3-2? Or is it them forcing it to a Game 7? I think they get their three wins. It's uh, The question is, can they get that fourth win? Yeah, I'm with you on that, Jake. You made that good point earlier about them, for whatever reason, not being able to close out when it actually matters. And not like they went out with a whimper last year, but it just seems repeatedly in those games where they do have the opportunity to close it out, they just can't seem to find a way to get it done. Um, maybe that's something to do with the mental hurdle or the demons that Paul McLean spoke of that one time. Or that, that ridiculous that, pick call. Yeah, John just those goal. one plays, right? Like that's yeah. the thing. Anything can happen in those games, and they gotta be they gotta be prepared. Well, for Well, maybe it. that's why I don't need to be so 
negative, Jake, because it's not like yeah. they've been dummied. It's just that like I don't I don't even real I don't even remember what it's like when they win it. I used to remember what it's like all the time. Like, you know what I mean? I and it's yeah. weird because it's a really long time ago. It's almost kind of embarrassing. I'd be like, <laughs> I used to go to, like, let's go. We were in fucking cathedral school. Elementary school. We were in elementary school. Yeah. You know? And I'm out at recess with the Leaf jersey on being like, hey, hey, Leafs are the best, you know? And, like, <laughs> now I'm an adult. I have a child on the way, and I'm the same little kid looking for a series <laughs> win, for the love of God. I think it's important too, Jake, like you said, winning if they can win those first two, I think that's critical to winning this series. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with that continued momentum. You know, even if they do go into Tampa and lose uh, in game three, I think them going up two nothing kind of I guess adds to that narrative that it's their time, they're the better team, so on and so forth, and get in Tampa's head a little bit. Yeah, and I think what I said about that too, like obviously the, the comfortability that we joked about, like you wouldn't feel comfortable as a Leaf fan, but I think the Leafs would feel good about winning those two home games. And anytime you have home ice advantage, that's your goal, right? Mm -hmm. You hold serve on home ice. And then all of a sudden you put a massive amount of pressure on the other team. And mm -hmm. in this instance, it would be Tampa Bay. If it's two, nothing going to Tampa, it was one, one going to Tampa last year. But if it's, if it's two, nothing, you put so much pressure on them to think, man, we can't afford to lose one of these games because then it's going to be three, one going back to Toronto and we're in a really difficult position. So I say that with any team that has home ice advantage, that if you can win your first two, you just put such a tremendous amount of pressure on the other team. And that's got to be the goal for the Leafs coming out here. Be 2 nothing going to Tampa. And yes, Leaf fans would still be sweating, but I, I, I feel like the Leafs team would feel pretty good about, about where they're at in that situation. So you watch a lot of hockey. Uh, did you get an opportunity to lay good enough eyes on Matthew Nyes? when he was in the lineup taking regular shifts yeah. during some, some load management uh, going on for the Leafs. He got a chance in, yeah. in some top six roles. Did you get your eyes on him good enough to say like, okay, I can formulate an opinion? So it was a small sample size. I right. don't think it would be a full opinion, right? And I think you guys would probably agree with that. But this is the beauty of the end of the season where you do get into a position where the Leafs were, where you give yourself a chance to do the load management that you referenced and you know rest some guys, get some guys healthy for the playoffs. Not only can you do that, but you can get a look at some of these younger players. I liked what I saw, guys. I, I'd, I'd be curious to hear your opinion on it as well. Again, very small sample size. I would like to see, you know, five to ten games of him before I really formulate a full opinion. You know, maybe see him getting more of a, a scoring role as well. But I thought he looked good. I thought he looked comfortable. I thought he looked fast as well. And he looks like a player that, that's certainly going to help out the Leafs over the next couple of years. Let's go to you. Uh Get eyes did, on those yeah. games. I, I really paid attention. Yeah, I did like every just to shift. see him play specifically. I yeah. tuned in those games, and I thought he had an NHL skill set. Absolutely, he showed some. Yeah. He showed, showed some jump. And one of the things that I read was that a lot of people expected the uh, change in the size of the ice surface to benefit him and his frame. And it seems that uh, just based on the little work that I've seen him make around the boards, that he's definitely got that NHL skill set in that area which is probably one of the harder things for these young guys to learn playing men yeah yeah and and you mentioned the jump right like that's and obviously there's a little extra juice for a player like that you're getting tapped on the shoulder and saying hey it's time to play in the big league so you're going to be fired up like you're ready to skate through a wall playing in those first nhl games but i he looked fast and like you guys said he kind of he looked like an nhl player i think you can you can sometimes tell right away when a guy has that NHL-level talent and when he's more of a you know an AHL-NHL fringe guy. And, and to me, at least from that small sample size, 
he looked like a player that's that's already pretty comfortable in, in the big leagues. So, Jake, I, I like to uh, proclaim that I'm not as, you know, stupidly biased as a lot of Leaf fans are. There's a lot of Leaf fans out yeah. there, right? So ratio means we have a lot of idiots. And I like to try to not be an idiot, but sometimes yes. I kind of teeter on it. Yeah, you're allowed, you're allowed once in a while. And, and, and this while. is another one of those moments where I'm teetering on it because I think I'm ready to die on the hill that Matthew Nyes is already our best left winger. We just don't even really know it yet. And it's just a matter of time before he's right in there. And we need to go on a long run and maybe a bruise or something happens along the way or like a suspense, you know, something. And then he's in and then it's just like lightning in a bottle because he looks comfortable. He's in the right position. He had one bad turnover. And uh, you guys probably remember what I'm talking about. He had a little no-look pass into the middle and the problem was that the recipient of the pass was Noel Achari. And Matthew Nyes isn't really set out in a role to play, in my opinion, with Noel Achari. I think he's suited for a role to play with a John Tavares and a William Nylander, perhaps. And that little nifty pass into the middle is right where John Tavares would have normally been if I had a skilled player with me. But I got a grit grinder here, and he wasn't really there, and now I look like an idiot. I am an idiot. I probably shouldn't have done it, but point stands. Like I think he's a top six kind of guy, and it's just a matter of time before he ends up finding his way there. Well, you just said he's a top six kind of guy, which when he is ready for the NHL, and maybe he just is right now, top six is certainly the spot. So if you put him in the lineup, you're basically saying you got to put him with the big boys, right? Like you're not playing him on the fourth line because that's not his role. And I don't, I don't think you're going to get the most out of him there. And it's, it's kind of just a waste. So, so you're saying you'd put him up with the big boys and, and you think he's ready to go. I'd like to see like in my ideal world, um, we go Matthews, Taveras, O'Reilly down the middle and Nyes yeah. slides in with JT and, and Nylander, or, you know, it could be Yarn Croak yeah. as well. Like, we've got movement there, and we have skill and speed. And I think something that maybe doesn't have a gigantic impact, but it is worth noting, the fact that um, he's he's living with John Tavares. And, you know, they're going through yeah. their daily routines eating and stuff. Eating kale three times a eating day. Eating kale, yeah, watching grass <laughs> grow, watching paint dry. It's a very riveting uh, event over at the Tavares household. Whole but almonds. You know what, though? All joking aside, like, he's he's obviously getting them ready to go, man. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I'm I think, I really hope that he's he's in the press box for game number one for a purpose like you are going to see the ice in like this series yeah, and right? not only in this series but on our run assuming we go on one but i want you to watch game one from the booth so that you can see it from a bird's eye view and also because it is somewhat likely that john cooper and his tampa bay lightning are going to start throwing some absolute nonsense at our at us and i'd rather have some grizzled vets there to deal with that and not you fresh well, out of NCAA. Well, that's one topic. I'm glad you actually brought that up because that's one thing I think is really important in this series. And you mentioned them kind of dragging the Leafs like this. This is what Tampa does. And this is what they did in the series last year. The Leafs get up. The Leafs are showing that they're the better team and that they're pushing the pace. And then Corey Perry's dragging the end of scrum or, or name your Tampa Bay players is face washing Matthews after the whistle. And they try to get the Leafs off of their game. And, that's going to happen again. That is not going to change. That's what Tampa does. When they get down, they look for other ways to affect the game. They drag people in. You know, we saw it in uh, in Game Six last year as well. Uh, an embellishment to to force a five on three power play. Tampa scores. 
ties that game and then ultimately ends up winning it to force the game seven and they won the game seven. So they find ways, like even if they're not the better team, they just find ways, you know, whether, whether it's uh it's fringing on the line or not, they find ways to affect the hockey game. And that's something I'll be watching throughout the course of the series. If the Leafs can handle that, if the Leafs get thrown off of their game and they can't get wrapped up into too much of that extracurricular activity, they have to focus on what they're doing because Tampa Bay will certainly try to throw them off their game. I'm yeah, nervous about I bunting. Expect that I'm nervous about bunting because of the embellishment thing that you just pointed out and the fact that very recently, it's all over the news. Bunting this, bunting that. The refs don't like them. And I, yeah. I, I that was really kind of like, I don't know what word yeah. I'm looking for. It was icky. I'm like, oh, but man. But I fully expect like, Tampa to do that, like exactly like Jake said. They're going to they're gonna drag you into the muck. I feel like at least this time around, the Leafs are way better equipped to deal with it. Just looking at the personnel that they brought in, guys like Achari, guys like Lafferty, guys that aren't pushovers, you know. We don't have a... A bottom six of stick waivers anymore. And, you know, yeah. I don't care what the graphs say. Luke Shen is a big part of that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and uh, what you guys said about Bunting, too, I think that's also going to be an interesting side story because it's been an interesting story all season long. It's been well documented, even outside of Toronto, that, you know, it's gotten some national media coverage as well. Bunting's relationship with the refs. And I remember going to a game this year and I, I went to a few games this season. I remember going to a game and from my seat thinking, like, man, Bunting is just getting killed out there and he hasn't drawn a single penalty. So I think there is something to be said for it. Now, he's brought that reputation on himself for whatever reason, whether it's his game, whether it's what he's saying to the officials, who knows what's going on on the ice there. But clearly he's not well liked by at least some officials in the game and he's grown a reputation. So very curious to see how that plays out. And if you're Bunting, you got to be smart because it feels like the book is out on you and the refs are a little more willing to give him a penalty than some of the other players on the ice. So he's got to be careful because the last thing you want to do is put those Tampa Bay skilled players out there with space on the ice and let Nikita Kucherov, who's one of the best power play players in the National Hockey League, out there on the ice uh, with space. That's where the, the Leafs could really get into trouble in this series. A very quiet 100 points from Kucherov this year as well. But yeah. I like what you're saying about bunting. I think just on, on, on minimum, bunting needs to shut up. Like, he's stopped yelling at the refs. You know, I yeah. like the way he plays. I, I don't have any problem with the way he plays the game, but I want him to keep his energy focused on the opponents. I think that's important from him. Um, we'll, we'll navigate away from the Leafs here for a sec, uh, Jake, so we can ask you about some of the other storylines around the playoff series. Um, I wanted to ask you about what's going on in Carolina with Freddie Anderson. Now, unavailable, not starting. Nobody ever knows what's going yeah. on with Freddie, so I figured I'd ask you in case you knew. And a lot of people have this series pegged for an upset, and maybe it's just because of the Islander style, but I personally think Carolina's just too damn good. Yeah, I think Carolina is the better version of what the Islanders are. I actually think these teams are very similar. I just think Carolina does everything the Islanders do, and they do it better. What so a great, that's what why a great line. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's true. Like it I is. don't think it's going to be the most exciting series, guys. This will probably be the lowest scoring series of, of all eight. But I just think Carolina is going to be too good. Now, I'm be worried about the Canes long term. I, I think that they're vulnerable in the second round against either the Rangers or the Devils. But I just don't see how the Islanders have the parts to, to, to beat the Canes. Like They can't score on even bad teams in the NHL, and the Canes are one of the best defensive units in the National Hockey League. They do not give up that many high-danger chances. So I just don't think the Islanders are going to be able to score enough, and the Canes are so good on home ice, guys. I, I just feel like they're going to hold serve in those first two home games, put so much pressure on the Islanders to win both on Long Island, and I just have a feeling the Canes are going to take one of those games and bring it 3-1 back to Carolina with a chance to close it out in five. So 
to me, it's got Canes in five written on it. Maybe Sorokin can steal a couple games and force this thing all the way to seven. But I, I just think the Canes are going to be too much for the Islanders. The draft percentage uh, owned for that series must be all-time low in in, yeah. in playoff pools ever in history. Well, I, I did my playoff draft uh, Sunday night, and I actually there's an Islanders fan in my draft. So every year he finds a way to take Islanders way higher than they should go. And that's all it takes in one of your – playoff pools right is is somebody to kind of throw off the algorithm and just kind of go on their own uh, on their own route so he took some islanders because he's biased and he and he likes his islanders so that's fine but even the canes not getting a lot of love in fantasy pools like outside of sebastian ajo maybe brent burns there's just not a lot of names on there that you really want like am i really going to click Jesperi Kotkiniemi or like seth jarvis like there's just really not a lot of uh top end names on the the canes roster that would get you excited in a fantasy pool no that's true but i think the fact that they also play the islanders hurts their value uh immensely yeah yeah and you're talking <laughs> about right. uh playoff known playoff performer Jesperi cocking it right. and he uh <laughs> He, he, I don't know, he buried us pretty good there a couple of years ago. I'll never forget that. So, um, Any uh, potential upsets? I know that's always the excitement of the playoffs is who's going to get knocked yeah. off. Like, do, do you see anything happening that, that's a little unexpected here? I, I think the Jets are very live to, as an underdog in the first round. Now, I feel like a lot of people are, are going with that as the, uh, the sexy underdog pick in the first round, which is kind of scaring me a little bit. I don't <laughs> like that everybody kind of feels the same way on it. And I just think Vegas is a bit more vulnerable than some of the other one seeds in, in the NHL in this first round. I still have, I have questions about the goaltending. Uh, Laurent Brassois did play well down the stretch, but it's still Laurent Brassois. I, I don't know how much uh, faith we can put into that going into the first round. Yes, Jack Eichel's a good player, but he's playing for the first time ever in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And how many times do we see players struggle the first couple times through in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Pretty sick storyline, though. Pretty sick yeah, storyline. It's, it's a great storyline. And look, he could come out game one and score a hat trick, and all of us go, okay, wow, maybe maybe this guy's made for playoff hockey, right? And I'm I, I'm excited to see. I'm, from a personal standpoint, I'm excited for him because he's toiled in the NHL for a while, stuck in Buffalo never getting to play important games. So I'm excited for him personally, but I don't know how he's going to perform. So there's there's a lot of question marks on Vegas that it, it makes uh, Winnipeg a bit of an enticing underdog for me in the first round. Well, I'm sure Jack Eichel will be happy of the miraculous recovery by his uh, winger, Mark Stone. Uh, so that'll be a good addition yeah. to them for the playoffs, without a doubt. Um, let's go over to Edmund here. I think they're probably the most interesting team in the Western Conference, uh, just given that the Avs, are had an interesting up and down season um, without Landeskog, I believe, isn't playing or is not 100%. Um, but Edmonton looks like they've got all the firepower. They're firing on all cylinders. The at-home acquisition was massive. They've got forward depth. The biggest question mark is the goaltending. So, you know, with LA having that those two big shutdown centers, are they, do you think they'll give the Edmonton Oilers a hard time again this year? And is Edmonton yeah. geared up for a deep run here? Jake loves the Kings. I, I do love the Kings, but I also really love the Oilers, guys. This is a tricky one for me because I actually, and I've been pipping the Kings on the show all season long, and the Oilers were my pick to come out of the Western Conference before the season as well. So th this one's tricky. And I, look, if, if LA was facing four or five other teams in the Western Conference, I would probably pick them. If you ask me to power rank the Western Conference right now, it would probably go you know, Colorado, Edmonton in some fashion, and then maybe I'd have Dallas, Dallas and LA pretty close 
to each other if I was doing a power rankings of the West. So I think very highly of the Kings. I just think Edmonton is a completely different animal right now. And slowing down McDavid, um, you know, I, I do think Deneau will do a fine enough job, and he's a pretty good shutdown center. But I, it's just there's McDavid's going to get his. And there, there's obviously going to be power plays, and you know the Oilers are going to capitalize on them as well. I, I thought Matthias Ekholm was the perfect move for them at the deadline. Maybe the missing puzzle piece, exactly what they needed. This is by far the best version of the Oilers in the uh, the Connor McDavid administration. This is their best chance to win a Stanley Cup with McDavid. And just part of me feels like he's going to cap off one of the great individual seasons in NHL history. Hart Trophy, Ted Lindsay, Rocket Richard, Stanley Cup, Conn Smythe Trophy. I, I think McDavid's going to end up with a lot of hardware by the time this is all said and done. Ooh. So you're, you got him as a cup favorite then, I take that as. Yeah. All I right. do. I, I, I think the path is there, guys. Like I like them to beat as much as I like the Kings, I like them to beat the Kings here in the first round. Then they're gonna get Vegas or Winnipeg in the second round. I think they beat either of those teams, no problem. Like they just dominated Vegas a couple of weeks ago. It it they didn't even look like they played in the same league uh, as each other, and that was an important game for both teams. So I like the path to the conference final. Yeah, then you're looking at probably a Colorado or Dallas, maybe a Minnesota if they get there as well. And I'd feel pretty good about Edmonton in that series. I, I would like to see them get another crack at the Avs, guys. Rematch of the conference final last year. I agree. I think that would be a lot of fun. That'd the Avs going, series. Yeah, it'd be, obviously it'd be so fun, right? The pace on the ice between those two teams, the star power on both sides. And I think this Oilers team is, is much more ready to beat the Avs this year than they were last season. All right, well, we might as well round it off then before we let you go. You got the Oilers coming out on top for the Cup. Who do you have them over coming out of the East? Is it finally the time where we have an all-Canadian final, Jake? Boys, I would love that. I know Sportsnet would love that as well. (laughs) Gary Bettman would love it, Jake. Uh, Bettman would love it. There's so many people that would love it. Like, like Sportsnet would just be drooling thinking about a, a Leafs and Oilers Cup final, right? And look, it's on the table. Like I just said it. I like the others, and I'm not the only one that likes the others to go through. I think if the Leafs beat Tampa, there's going to be sort of a monkey off the back type feeling. I actually think they'd be very live against Boston in yeah. the second round. I, I almost like that matchup better. It's it's weird to say for how great of a season Boston had, but I think it's there for the Leafs. Ultimately, I'm going to go with the New York Rangers here, guys. Okay. And this is, a, this is a series we didn't talk uh, a lot about, the Rangers and the Devils. But I think whoever wins that series between the Rangers and the Devils is going to beat Carolina or the Islanders in the second round. So I'm having a tough time picking it. I could easily see the Devils beating the Rangers in the first round. But I'm going to lean towards the Rangers. And I think if they get through a very tough New Jersey team, I, I think there's a, a nice path for them through to a conference final. And they check every box for me for a legit cup contender. So I'm going Oilers over Rangers in the yeah. cup final. For what a course. cup final that would be, that would though. Be, yeah, and the yeah. Rangers had a great run last year. I think everyone slept on them a little bit last year when they took a huge step and made that nice little run and are, uh, you know, a lot better, yeah. you could say, coming into this playoff. Yeah, that's and that's kind of my feeling with them, right? Like they made the adjustments they had to make. I think they got that experience, that taste. Last year, and look, let, let's not forget, they were up two nothing on the on the Lightning in the conference final, and they were up in Game Three. Like they had, they were in complete control of that series, yeah. And they let it slip away. So I think some learning lessons for them on maybe closing out a big series like that. And the margins are so thin, you know. If they close out that Game Three, they're up three nothing. More than likely, they win that series, and who knows what could have happened in the Cup final. So they were right there last year. I think this roster is better than it was last season. Obviously, bringing in a guy like Patrick Kane, you have Tarasenko there. They're pretty loaded in that top nine. They've got a Norris Trophy defenseman 
in Adam Fox, and they've got one of the best goaltenders in Igor Shesterkin. So uh, they, they check every box for me. But like I said, that first round series against the Devils might actually end up being their, their toughest series uh, before the cup final. I think that is the best series of the playoffs yeah. in the first round. Yeah. And I think it's not close, by the way. I agree. And then I think uh, maybe I might be a little weird by saying this because it probably should be McDavid just because of the McDavid factor, Edmonton and L.A. But I'm kind of leaning towards yeah. this Colorado-Seattle thing. I just think that that has a real chance to be maybe not like an upset yeah. or even seven games, but it's gonna I just be ha- fast. it's going to be fun. And I th- gonna yeah, be I think it's going to be yeah. really fun. And that's also Seattle's first opportunity to show us what playoff hockey is like there, that barn should be rocking. which is going to be really cool. And then lastly, almost as like a sleeper pick, I think no one's given any credit to Dallas and Mini. I think that is the type of series that could like develop throughout the series. And you would be like, oh man, am I ever glad I was paying attention to this series? Because, you know, storylines can develop and it makes certain series more fun than others if you're like actually paying attention to it. I, I think you're bang on with the Seattle Colorado series, by the way. I think that's the that's gonna be like the forgotten entertaining series that right. everyone looks at and goes, eh, Colorado in four, Colorado in five, they should dust off Seattle pretty easily. And they might win that series in, in five games. I, I could certainly see that. But if that's the case, I think they're gonna be five very entertaining hockey games. And the pace on both ends is gonna be a lot of fun. Like Seattle just attacks. They attack, they roll four lines. They might not have the high end skill of a team like Colorado but they're going to be in your face the entire time. So I'm totally with you. I think that and the Rangers devils are from an entertainment value perspective, I think are the ones I'm looking forward to the most, maybe Edmonton LA up there as well, but I could also see a couple games in that series being a bit more shut down. Yeah. And the uh, Seattle team kind of reminds me of what Ottawa plays like right now, what the Leafs Mm. played like five, six years ago, that run and gun, off the rush hockey and and with a team like Colorado that does a lot of that just based on the sheer speed and offensive skill they have, we could just have a couple of barn burner shootouts. Seattle just works yeah. hard, right? Like they don't have a ton of NHL superstar game breakers that you can't wait to sell tickets for, but like they're just there and a lot of guys can shoot the puck into the net uh, for their team. And in the playoffs, that one time where a rolling puck finds its way through, you know, and it's a fourth line grit grinder and he buried it, it could be the game winner. And that's the type of game that Seattle likes to play too, which I like. Yeah, they don't have that, like, they don't have that guy that you're really fearful of. I know Jared McCann scored 40 goals this year and good for Jared McCann. Like, I love to see those kind of stories of, you know, guys that, that, you know, we're maybe fringe players for a while, bottom six guys finally get an opportunity and run with it. But I, I, you know, keep, keep an eye for these types of teams that can just roll four lines. There is no true first line on the Seattle Kraken. If the third or fourth line is going, they'll get more minutes. They've got two power play units that kind of work as their first unit as well. So ultimately I think Colorado is going to win that first round series, but I wouldn't be shocked if Seattle makes it interesting as long as they can get a save. I don't trust their goaltending situation as all, but uh, but if they can mix in a save uh, every now and again, I, I think they could sneak a couple games off Colorado. I guess on the topic of goaltending and shifting back to the Edmonton series, what's your confidence level on a scale of 1 to 10 that Stuart Skinner is going to bring them deep? I mean, you're, you think they're going all the way, so you must have some degree yeah. of confidence in them because I know that if they put in Jack Campbell, it doesn't sound like the team even has a lot of confidence if that's where they end up having to go. 
Yeah, I think if they're going to Campbell at any point, uh, that's probably going to spell trouble for Edmonton. That probably means either, you know, Skinner got hurt or he's underperforming or something. So that's not going to be a good thing. If I think if you see Jack Campbell at some point in the first round or at some point even in, in the playoffs in general. But look, guys, I, I kind of compare this to the Colorado situation from last year. What was the narrative with the Avs? Well, eh, the goaltending is okay. They don't have that stud guy. But it, it was always Colorado doesn't need elite goaltending. They just need above average goaltending right. to win the cup. And they got that. Goaltending didn't win them the cup last year, but it also didn't lose them the cup. So that's kind of how I feel about Edmonton. Just don't just don't play bad. Just play above average between the pipes. Make a couple saves when you have to. And I just think that this team is going to dominate most nights to the extent that they won't necessarily need a top end goaltender. So that would be where I would have one concern with the Oilers guys. It's it's an unproven rookie goaltender in there in Stuart Skinner. So I, I certainly hear that concern. But like I said, I just I don't think he has to be the best goalie in the Stanley Cup playoffs for them to to win the cup this year. It's kind of crazy, eh, Jake, how it's changed because years and years ago it was the opposite. Like you needed yeah. to have that guy. And I'm not exactly. saying it had to be, you know, the elite guy, but even a backup guy that got hot and that was your guy Wrote that would someone ta- take deep. you to the cup, you know? And, and nowadays yeah. it's more like, hey, you know what? We're so goddamn good that you just got to get in there and make the saves that you're supposed Give to. Give us a 905 yeah, and-, <laughs> and we'll be on our way. Yeah. And I think that even equates to the Leafs a little bit too, Jake. Like people even yeah. recently were trying to, and when I say people, you know, you got to write your articles. I get that. I respect the grind. But, you know, there were a few too many articles about the Leafs goal tending situation like for me it's been Samsonov since December you know like it's been Samsonov for the majority of the season and I'm not really all that concerned about it to be honest yeah I was actually curious what you guys think about that because and I I actually sort of agree with your with your sentiment there because it just it feels like he's been the better goaltender start to finish and I I don't think you can go in with too many concerns based on the way that he's playing I I suppose the concern is you know they've got Vasilevsky on the other end but I don't think you need Samsonov to be Vasilevsky. Obviously, it would be nice, you know, if he plays to to that level or the level the level you know Vasilevsky's capable of. But he just has to make the stops, uh, you know, in those key moments. And I, I feel like he's shown enough this year. Obviously, there's a little bit more pressure come playoff time, but I think he's shown enough this year that the Leafs and Leaf fans should have at least some sort of confidence in him going into this route. Mm, confidence. Yeah. I think I think Sammy's the go-to. He's he's the clear number one. He's earned the spot. He's earned the opportunity. Um, so I think he's definitely their guy, and I, I really think if it did come down to it for whatever reason, it probably would be injury that would cause such a thing, but I think Joe Wall's next man up at this point in time. I mean, yeah. he's played fantastic. Again, unproven rookie, little NHL experience, but it, it just seems like Matt Murray is, is just not going to be able to get 200% and just presents too much of a liability, so it's got to be Sammy or Bust, basically. Don't you guys feel like uh, Joseph? I know you, you said Wall could be next in line here, even even in, in the playoffs, and we'll kind of see how how it goes uh, throughout the rest of the way. I think you're just hoping, you know, Samsonov holds out of the crease. He's great through an extended playoff run, but don't you ha- get the feeling that Wall is going to be a a big part of this roster uh, next next season? Like based on what he's shown here at the end of the season, and he's been great for the Marlies. I've actually had a chance to watch him live a couple times with the Marlies this year as well. His numbers have been great. So I, I don't know. I get the feeling that he's going to be a big part of the, the lease organization over the next couple of years. Absolutely. And I think the cost yeah. control is a big part of it. So they got him on cheap money. Yeah. Um, he's a homegrown. They drafted, they developed him. And they haven't done that with a goalie since James Reimer, I'm pretty sure. So I think it makes Matt Murray expendable. He's too much of a liability. They gave it a shot. It didn't work. They package him with a fourth rounder and send him wherever. And Joe Wall is the de facto backup. And, uh, 
you know, even with Samsonov being a relatively inexperienced starter, I could see him taking a, a good amount of starts as well that should help him with his development. Yeah. I'm yeah. A, no, and I go ahead, Jake. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm I'm I can't believe you guys are even talking about next year. I mean I, I I'm one I'm one foot in front of the next right you now. You can't think past point, Tuesday. Like, before we even yeah. went to air, Jake, I sat Lesko down and I said, Okay, in order of most devastating to least devastating, which game do you think the Leafs are like allowed to lose? Like or or a better Ooh. way to word it would be like which game is the most devastating that they lose, assuming that game seven uh, assumes the number one spot because, you know, that's next level devastating. But, you know, is it game six because they could have closed yeah. the series? Is that the most devastating? Because now we know what we're in for again for game seven. Or is it tomorrow night? Is it more devastating if they actually lose tomorrow night to kick it off? You know what I mean? Like, and and I, I, I immediately sat back and I'm like, Oh my God, we're broken. I'm broken. <laughs> we're all, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, at this point, uh, you know, Leaf fans, I are kind of in their own heads, I think, uh, to an extent. But I don't think Game One would be a total uh, devastating loss. I guess, you know, maybe it comes down to the fashion of the loss. Like, I think you almost want, if you're going to lose the game, you almost want to know, okay, we probably deserve to lose that one. I think if you dominate Tampa in Game One and Vasilevsky makes like. 45 saves and you lose a heartbreaker in overtime Worst. those are the kind of those are the kind of ones that are tough to recover from guys like i right. i just i feel like sometimes when that happens early in a series can be a bit of a backbreaker and i think mentally hard for teams to bounce back from so i think those are the types of losses you want to avoid that's less he stands on his head you dominate the shot clock by like 20 or 25 and you lose a heartbreaker on like a fluke goal in ot or something so you think it's better to instead of a burn the tape type situation uh you'd prefer or sorry, you think it's worse that they lose in that fashion just because yeah, it's, yeah. I guess, it's what it does to your psyche and your, your and we always talk about momentum being so important in the playoffs. You know, it's hard to take anything from that game without the win, no matter how well you play it. No, think. burn the tape is better because you're just like, burn the tape. Start over. And wake the fuck up. Yeah, we sucked. <laughs> we, we sucked. Uh, we're going to try not to suck next game. Yeah. <laughs> That's Keep it simple. I've I've seen so many times, boys. Like um, I actually had a buddy that that played in the NHL for a little for a little bit. Got a taste of it with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I was following his career closely. He's one of my good friends. I grew up with him, and I remember watching the game one is against the Islanders, Penguins Islanders, and they were the better team. And they went to overtime, and they lost a, a heartbreaker in overtime. The Islanders went up one nothing in the series. Never looked back, and they won the the next three, and they actually swept the series. And I remember thinking, man, if they just flipped that overtime game, if they just flipped that game one maybe things could have been so much different. So, yeah, the game one is important, and I think if you lose it in heartbreaking fashion, uh, sometimes it could be kind of tough to recover from something like that. Yeah, we're pretty familiar with ifs as well. <laughs> yeah, you just gave us something else yeah. to worry about too. Great. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry <laughs> just sorry for planting that in your head before yeah. game one. But, yeah. Uh, enjoy the game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, you know what, Jake? I mean – we you've said it all man we've 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 tied up you tied up your night long enough so far first period's almost over here boston up on florida one nothing early so the playoffs are underway any kind of uh superstitions for you or or you know you got to have wings or something on the opening night of the playoffs are you that type of guy or do you just like to sit down and and relax watch it all question it's funny uh you know my co-host boomer there he said that he gets a steak every night for, okay. uh, for the first for the opening night i think he actually went prime rib this year he okay on, nice. on the show the show today so i actually like i maybe i need to start something like that but 
for me, it's just cold beers, guys. Like a couple, I try to, I try to pace myself because it's going to be a long run. It's going to, it's going to be a long first round. I can, I can get carried away pretty easily, especially with hockey on from, you know, seven o'clock Eastern all the way to possibly like one in the morning. So got to pace myself a little bit here because it's, uh, it's early in the playoffs, but that's just it for me. Uh, cold, cold beers in the fridge and uh, it'll be hard not to touch a couple every single night in the first round. Yeah. Come on. It's opening night. You can have six foot bush, light, bush lights and six bud lights. <laughs> tall boys. You love them, right? <laughs> that's right. That's great. Listen, uh, Jake, so, before we let you go, uh, how about fantasy? What teams are you on? What teams are you rooting yeah. for here so far? Well, I did, like I said, I did my, my playoff pool Sunday night and the, the team that I, it's actually funny because we did a fantasy playoff pre preview show. And I mentioned on the show how I've never had Connor McDavid in a regular season fantasy league in a playoff pool, nothing. I've never had him. Sure enough, I get first overall pick in a 16 team league. So last night was my chance. I was able to draft Connor McDavid. Ah, nice. pretty excited. pretty excited about it. So, so you guys, uh, you can basically bet LA to win in four games now that I have uh, Connor, <laughs> Connor McDavid. That's how that's how this is going to end for me. So I went with the Oilers stack. I got McDavid early. I got Evander Kane. I got uh, Bouchard, Ekholm. I kind of loaded up on some of the secondary Oilers later yeah. in the draft as well. So that's where that's where I'm going with it. I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards Boston and Colorado, obviously as well. Uh, the, the top tier teams. And I would target that uh, that New Jersey and Rangers series as well. If you can take a stance on one of those two teams, it's difficult to pick between the two, but I think there's a, a nice clear path to the conference final there for one of those two teams. I got first overall in my draft as well. And uh, I'll give you one guess as to who I chose. Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews, my <laughs> buddy. Atta boy, atta boy. Just, that's my a real buddy. fan there. He can't even go yeah, back Yeah, but listen, okay, listen, okay, it's like a $20 entry fee. If it okay. was $200 entry fee, I would have picked McDavid. Right. But the thing is, is I like ever since I've been in pools, um, the Leafs don't make the playoffs all that often. Like they do now, Jake. But, you know, years ago they never did, right? Um, so I never had a horse in the race. And then once the Leafs started making the playoffs and I was doing fantasy pools, I was like, why would I pick anyone else? Like I only want the Leafs to win. You're trying I don't to maximize your fun. I, I don't want to cheer against against them in any way, shape, or form. I'm just going to take the boys. And if we go on a run, I'm going to win the pool the and, happiest and we're going to win the cup. I'll be richer and, and happy. Ship, man, go down with the ship. There you Captain go. Always goes down with the ship. <laughs> oh boy! All right, man. Well, listen, Jake. Thanks so much for joining us again. Uh, you, you said it all. You're just a beauty, man. You know everything about everything, and it's great when we have a chance to uh, bounce some questions off you. And really looking forward to these these next couple weeks, and of course, you know, uh, upwards of a month and a half here as we chase down the Stanley Cup. It's the greatest trophy in all of sports to to win, to to fight for, and even to just watch. Uh, well, you, you guys are the best, and you guys made my opening night talking to you, breaking it down, going through the series while I watch the games here. And uh, keep up the great work. I'll certainly be watching, listening, and hopefully uh, hopefully you guys will have me on again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Absolutely, Jake. Jake. All right, boys. Take care. Yeah. You cheers, too, buddy. You too. All right. Well, that's Jake Hahn. Catch him uh, on NHL Network Radio, Sirius XM Channel 91. He will be on at... Two. He's on uh, between two and four with Jim. Yeah, on the point with Jim Boomer Gordon. He is there like basically all day. The guy's there all goddamn day. Um, he's running things like the boards and, you know, queuing up the phones for the power play, which is Steve Coolius and friend of the show, Marty Biron, uh, in the afternoon. Jeez, we got a lot of contacts around here, eh? Oh, yeah. We got, uh, we got friends in high and low places. <laughs> I liked uh, his point about 
cold beers, right? I always say this, like, when the Leafs get eliminated after the first round, I'm like, well, it's a good thing they're out because I've been drinking every second day for two weeks. And it's, yeah, that's a good It point. gets, like, I, I don't know, like, I, you know, I try weeknights, you know, three tall boys love them, you know. <laughs> Keep it like what one a period, right? Oh, if you're talking game seven on a weeknight, like things can get hairy pretty quick. Yeah, but or come if on. you're talking a late overtime game and the boys are there. Here's the thing. Whew. Here's the thing. I, I feel like I'm just I'm on another I'm on another wavelength than most people. Like I have beer in the fridge and it's mostly just to to say like, do you want a beer? And then I'll have a social beer with you. Um, but are you talking like even you're just kind of chilling, watching the game? You're going through. You're I slamming. Find, a, you're slamming playoffs, a few. I'm having a few. See, I'm too nervous to. Right. I'll crack a beer and it will literally sit. You there. just forget it's there. <laughs> it will just sit there because I, I don't have time to drink the beer. I'm chewing on my fingernails and it's I'm probably my better hair coping up. than drinking. Pulling out my eyebrows. Yeah, it's probably better coping than drinking, right? Just I don't know. Naming dude. yourself instead. I. You know, I was looking forward to this pod so much, not only just to chat with Jake, <laughs> but also just because I thought it would be therapeutic for tomorrow because get some energy out. I'm not feeling it. So you're not feeling it? Okay, that's what I want to do for our last segment here is at, take the temperature. So elaborate. You're not feeling it. I haven't been feeling it since. Like not feeling a dub or not feeling excited? Both. Okay. You know, I, I just don't, I don't know how any Leaf fan that, I don't know. I don't know how any Leaf fan can really say like, oh man, we're winning for sure. You know? And, and I know there are many out there that feel that way. And I want to know your secret because I feel like generally speaking, I live my life as a pretty happy-go-lucky, stress-free, po- positive type of guy. I'm not really yeah. negative. I've told you on this show but before, let you miserable. The Leafs make me miserable. I hear they, They're turning me into a Totoso fan, and I, I I really don't like how I'm feeling because normally I'm hype video this. Last year I was making playlists. I switched up That's my playlist. That's what you got to do. You go watch the hype videos for <sighs> sure. Like you got to get – so you got to get that little kid in you. You remember when you are a kid, no matter what game you watched, no matter how bad they were losing, you were like – well, anything can happen. They you can gotta come have back. faith. They can they come can back. Come they, back. Was, I know. they never did. <laughs> no, you're wrong. Sometimes or, well, they sometimes would, they though. did. I would say, but when they were bad, even when you were a kid, you were like, "Well, every game was the same." You didn't care where they were in the right. standings. But when we were kids, were. they were good, though. Yeah. So, but you're well, you know like, what I mean by good. You had the faith, right? I always say, like, I used to watch all hockey with my mom and dad, and my mom would go to bed after the second period. Ah, oh, they suck tonight, and my dad would look at me and say. No faith. She got no faith. Yeah. And I'm like, we got faith, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, like, yeah. Third period. This is us. It's Here coming. we go. Right. Like, and I, I tried to get in that mindset for the playoffs that anything can happen. I guess the anything can happen thing is a, t- a double edged sword. It does. I was just right? going to say to you, guess what, like, dude? It does happen. They could dummy Tampa or they could get friggin' dummied. Now, like Jake <laughs> said, it's probably closer to the coin flip than everyone's given credit for, I think, no. right now. But here's where I'm at. I think the Leafs are going to win. Why? Because they're better this year. They're a much better team. They're built better for the playoffs. They've played like more of a playoff-esque team, I would argue, this season. We and, said this last year. And, yeah, I know. That's progression. They <laughs> they did baby steps last year. And just I and a lot of it I point out is the acquisitions, the bottom six, the defense 
the goaltending. Everything's improved, in my opinion. But if I'm the type of guy who says, oh, I think they're going to win, I'm not going to say Leafs in seven. I'm going to say Leafs in five. That's what I'm going to say. I'm... You know, I'm not going to like, yeah, they're, I think they can win. No, if I think they can win, they're fucking winning. That's where I'm at. And maybe it's just me getting in the spirit of things and being like, you know, they could just come out and just pound them. And I, that's what I want to see. So that's what I'm going to, I'm going for. I'm going in with that head full of steam, just like it's any other year. Doesn't matter what happened last year. Doesn't mean, matter what's happening next year. No, it's true. It's right here, that's why right you play now. The games. Let's go. That's why you play the games, Right. And, and I'm glad to hear you say that because, like, if anybody should be feeling that way, it should be me. It should be, like, I want tomorrow afternoon, I want to be out at the driveway with my sign. You're going back to the driveway. Like I was before when we were going. <laughs> yeah. It was the Montreal series, and it was 3-1, to one, and I was just so confident that we were winning, you Maybe know. Maybe you shouldn't do that then. But I didn't do it against Tampa last year. Oh. So I guess it doesn't matter. Because, you know, I was kind of like, geez, I was beaten up over the Montreal thing. And I couldn't really, I don't know if I could trust the guys to do it for me. Like last year, they let me down. I looked like a fucking moron. I already looked like a moron at the end of the driveway to begin with. I looked like an even bigger moron, you know, several days later when they end up losing the series. And people are like, you remember that dickhead (laughs) on 41? I wonder how he's doing. Remember that loser with the leaf sign on Highway 41 and I flipped him off? We should go drive by his house and egg it. See what what he's doing. Like. Maybe reward me for once in your fucking lives. Yeah. Because uh, I'd like to go out there again tomorrow, but maybe I'll have a sign that says, you know, I'm ready to get hurt again or whatever. Yeah. And be, a lo- be a local guy here on Highway 41. <laughs> there is nothing that fun. sums up Leaf fans more than that gif of Michael Scott saying, I'm ready to get hurt again, <laughs> than what, how I feel in October 1 and playoff time. It's the same thing. Dude. It's like, I'm ready. I'm pumped up. I'm ready. I, I, we've been through it. It's like it's like we've been through some of the shittiest losses, like that Montreal one. It's like we can't get any more jaded anyway. No. So like, just you gotta try and enjoy it, right? Yeah. You can't have the doom and gloom like they lose game one, not again. Oh no, here we go. You just. But how do be, you not? You know, like I don't know. It's, it's, I guess it's like being a being a dumb fan, like yeah. putting the blinders on, like a kid. And being, exactly, just being. A fan and just being like, they're still playing. Anything can happen. So you'll like this. You'll like this then. What you got? Because this will bring back memories from you and I chumming around together. That still fit you? He's he's showing me a 31 Curtis Joseph CCM with the TML shoulder patch. A relic of the good old days. That's what you were wearing the last time they won a series. So maybe that's what you should be wearing tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. So I'm starting to wear the Joseph. And if they make it through, then I'm going to switch to my Eastern Conference All-Star Matthews jersey that I've been rocking around town on, on the weekend, by the way. Very hugely positive reviews. So I'll preface I've got a question for you about jerseys. I'll preface it with uh, how I wear my jerseys, okay? Okay. I put it on at puck drop, and I might take it off intermission if I'm dummying some food or something, and then back on for second period and so on. Game's over, jersey's off, back on the hanger, back in the closet. Especially, like I said, could be mucking three to six beers. So, okay, but I've got those autograph jerseys. I got a Mariner and a Matthews, both with tags on. Do I remove the tag and wear for a playoff game? No, 
You can't do it. Can't do it? Just you too can't, risky? You can't do it because, I mean, you know, what if they go on a run and win the cup this year? That's the type of thing that you shadow box. And yeah. it's in perfect condition for X amount of years. And, beco- and becomes in a life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's what I mean. And becomes an incredible so, piece. So you think if they, they go on a run, that off. becomes legendary all of a sudden and yeah. I should never worn it. Yeah. So and I can't really wear it with the tags on. It's kind of ridiculous. I wore my uh, All Star jersey with the tags on by accident. Ah. The first day I wore it all the way around. I didn't even know that was the tags were on. It was inside. Kirsty's like, "How did you not? F- I even had a muscle shirt on." So it was like sticking up over the. It was just I don't know. It was flat on my shoulder blade. Yeah, I didn't so even know it was right there. on the sleeve. Oh, on too. the sleeve. So it's like. Oh. It would just be in the way. Yeah, it's, that's it's no silly. good. Okay. I don't know. It's a tough I'll, one. I'll have to hang them up. I'll put them on display. Right now, they're just in the closet. I was looking at like getting a little frame or a box, something, put them in, put them on the wall. Got to do something with them. Dude, authentic jerseys are very nice. They are very, very nice. Like That's the thing. I've got the material. I believe I've got the Reebok era uh, Maple Leafs jerseys. And they're nice, but I have my name on one, no name on the other one, the Winter Classic. Right. So these are the only named ones I have like with this crew of guys. So I, maybe that's why they're all the more nicer. They got the A's, they got the beautiful stitching, all that kind of I stuff. I know. Right? And it's just like, obviously the ones that you get over from overseas, like they're, they are a different fabric, right? Like it's not the same. It yeah. looks, it looks good. Sometimes you can get an amazing one that you could swear was real, but it's not, it's, it's so much heavier. Now going like back even to the your uh, Cujo jerseys, I have one from that era too. And they are beautiful. Like that's when, nice. the, that's when the replicas were, we're way nicer. They're kind of like sweaters, these ones. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit more like sweaters. They're nice. They're they're definitely thicker. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, they would hold water way worse yeah. than the new jerseys would. But yeah, dude, like this this would have been the exact same jersey that I would have had on my body, like playing Play, basement, play hockey basement hockey with yeah, you getting, hockey. getting screamed at by your dad, yeah. <laughs> breaking yeah. shit in the basement, Adam! clapping tennis balls at your face, <laughs> shot from afar, yeah, and right we haven't won face. a playoff series since then. Since then. So I guess that's what you're, what you're wearing tomorrow. You're quick and easy there. All right. Uh, that's Decisions what I got to wear. have been made. That's what I got to wear. Did you see, actually, speaking of Curse Joseph, that the other day they had to call him as, a, as an e-bug? And he yeah, was, so I don't know if that was actually confirmed or not, though. So, no, he did. He, he brought his, with the bag. He brought his gear down, but you sent that clip, and he looked greased oh my God. up oh. drunk. Oh, his. Like, <laughs> it just, not just like the stumble, like I get it, you're carrying a giant bag full of goalie gear, but like he had a little swagger stumble on going, and then his hair was a little amiss. And then his face, too. He just had that, like... I'm drunk and I'm happy to be he here. He had that, like, I've had at least four drinks grin on his yeah, face when yeah, he walked not, up. Not, like, super sloshed or anything, but just, like, I'm feeling it. I'm surprised that didn't make the rounds. Like, I didn't see anyone really talking about that. I thought that was a good catch by you. Because it's weird footage, too. It's just, like, it almost looks like surveillance Like, <laughs> there's a camera just on the wall that they happen yeah. to catch him walking in with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone just caught the feed. Yeah, it was great. But He I, was in the alumni box getting getting. Up, oh, yeah, though. with the like, jacket yeah, on? the jacket on, yeah. Yeah, that was fucking hilarious. Um, I, people were like, oh, it'd be great if he got into the game and stuff. Like, I, I, I actually don't agree with that. Like, I... I I don't know. It would have been cool. Like, I would have been... Had, I would have had a great time Do you time think he would have got a big standing up? Yeah, I guess. Sure. I guess it would have been pretty cool. Yeah. But, I mean, what if he gets hurt? You know, he's an old guy. Yeah, well, I guess he's got... Nothing else to do. He's really. an older guy. So, I just, mean, what, so you missed the autograph signing at the dealership tomorrow? <laughs> <or what? laughs> yeah, I guess. 
<laughs> oh, just ride in those coattails. It'll eh? be a leaf. You're set for life. All right. Well, listen, uh, you ready to wrap or what? Yes, sir. Okay, hour 15. I'm ready for game Good one, life. baby. I'm also ready, ready for to get hurt one. again. Um, and or be happy. Any hot take? I have a hot take for you if you want to hear it. My my only hot take is that, and I don't think Leafs in five is a hot. I take, did say by the this. Way. Or, I said this earlier, but I think LA Kings are going to give Edmonton a rough fucking ride. And there's one stat that stood out for me that I read today, and that's that McDavid had three points in four games against LA. Three points in four games is well below his pace, as right. we all know, having right. a 150 point season. Yeah, yeah. So, and man, like. He gets away from Deneau. He's got Kopitar, right? Like, he's going to have somebody wearing – like, he's going to be wearing those guys. That's true. The rest of time. I know he's McDavid. He's unstoppable. Nobody can really stand in his way, but – L.A.'s problem is they're banged up. No Fiala, Correct. no Velarde. Yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. A young, um, fast team, and, and that's a lot of speed out of their lineup. All right. So, uh, like, my, my hot take was, like, a, a little bit more specific, almost just me trying to be on the record for it in case it comes true <laughs> later. Uh, but Play my, that shit yeah, back. But my regular, like, uh, sleeper pick, if you want to call it, is I, I, I do think that uh, Seattle pushes Colorado to seven games Ooh. and Colorado wins it. Okay. Like, that, I think Seattle – That would make for a hell of a series like we that's were talking about. That's what I mean. I think, I think it's not only an exciting series, but I think Seattle gets over the hump. Much the same, almost kind of not 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 that they have similar players, Lesko, or even similar rosters or anything, but the same kind of series flow that the Leafs and Capitals like series back, had to back it. and forth. That Leafs of. and Cap series, where like the Leafs won multiple games in overtime. That's the only reason why they were even in that series. Right. They got a bounce. They were lucky to be there. Yeah, they yeah. got a bounce. I think Seattle will get some bounces, and they'll 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 push Colorado, and Colorado will flex as the cup champs in, in a game seven scenario. So that's yeah. kind of like my sleeper. My, um, my hot take is that bunting is removed from Matthew's wing due to too much nonsense mm-hmm. and too much referee lobbying from right. fucking John Cooper. And bunting is moved to the third line mm-hmm. left wing and Matthew Nye's becomes cactus line okay that's that's a hot take because i'm saying bunting getting moved off not really a hot take but you talk filling eyes up there i'd say i could see that happening but with yaron carl going back up there because i thought they played so well together and matthew seemed to really like him um yaron carl obviously has proven he can score like bunting and he's like bunting without the bullshit and works equally as hard skates hard battles the boards all that stuff i also forgot to mention a very important disclaimer in my hot take. I didn't necessarily mean uh, this round. Nye. Yeah. Right. So what I meant was, but I kind of confused Need it though because I, I mentioned here. John Cooper though. So right. I made it sound like it was this round. I think some shit will happen in the first round where bunting will ultimately be removed from Matthew's wing because we don't want that exposure while Matthews is out there. Yeah. Bunting is creating these Drawing skirmishes, or- the skirmishes, and that a skirmish is is an opening for a cross check right. into his ribs and getting the the referee bias extended to the to the rest of the line. Yeah, like if they're not calling penalties that's on bunts, fair. then they'll be less likely to call Marner and Matthews while they're on the ice. That's together, a good point right? too, so- Lesko. But my my mo- my main concern as a coach was that, geez, you know, the bunting situation is really blowing up here. Every whistle with him out there, there's shit, which means every whistle there is shit, and Matthews is out there. Right, could be getting it. And and his type of game is well-suited to a third line. I think the offense, 
of as- uh, the offensive aspect of his game is what has kept him up there. Um, but if his, you know, if his behavior and say the way he's being treated by the officials is not conducive to what you want to see on a first line, I could easily see them sliding him down and just somewhere where that high energy agitation aspect is more welcomed, I guess, for that ice time as opposed to 20 minutes a game on the first line. Yeah, so the the whole bunting losing his spot was more so as a result of what I think could happen in the first round. And then I do think you're right. Uh, Yarncroak would slide back in, which I really like too because he's he's speedy. He's got a great shot, and he's got a really good chemistry with Matthews. Matthews already went on record and said he loves to play with him. So I'm okay with that too. Um, The the hot take about about Matthew Nyes is just like it's a long run. So I think the Leafs are going to go to at least the conference finals. So beat Tampa, beat Boston or Florida, and then have a great six or seven gamer against New Jersey or the Rangers would be my guess, like Jake was saying. Um, and I think by that time, we've developed a bit of an uh, ace in the hole. Right. An ace in the hole where this young kid yeah. comes in. He barely, he's been here for five minutes and he doesn't know anything else. All he it's knows the, is series and then he shoots the puck in the net or he crashes bodies. Like that, and that kind of brings me back to our last conversation about this where I understand what people are saying when they throw this at me. Like, well, how can you just expect an NCAA kid to jump right into the playoffs? I, I, I feel like where's a better way for him to enter? It's not like a road trip where you got to go to San Jose and then Anaheim, then you go to yep. Phoenix, and then you got to go over to Vancouver. Like you're staying in hotels, it's a series. Yeah, and I think that's it's there's like a precedent. There's precedent for that. We've seen it where guys have come in, absolutely destroyed in the playoffs, and then show up next season and you know you expect the world of them and, and you get a larger sample size. Third line. Mediocre, but it's, it's very possible for a young player to hit the ground running you know, catch some beginner's luck in a vacuum, and you have that that high energy, high intensity. Grab a roll and run with it. Um, I can certainly see it happening. And like I said earlier, I believe him to be first man up because Simmons is there as a bodyguard. He'll get put in if they think things are getting really ugly. Well, I think he's in in game one, isn't he? I, I believe the lineup I saw today had Simmons and Nyes as the two scratches. Oh, okay. So, oh, but he's been, re, he's been recalled he's been because recalled. the playoffs are here. So yes. you're allowed – okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So they are the, the two there, and I have a feeling if they're going to shake up the lineup, it's going to be looking for a little offense or a different configuration. Maybe they go three-line spread when they're on the road as yeah. opposed to at home. Um, looks like they're going with more of an overpower strategy with the O'Reilly uh, on the second line wing. So would so. you have, which I don't like, by the way. Um, would you have Lafferty, Daniel uh, in the lineup as well, or, or would you have Simmons in there for Game One? Just, just I, I do fully anticipate uh, a bit of a bloodbath. Like they're going to try and impose their physical <laughs> yeah. will. I just don't think they need Simmons this year like they did last year. Like they have more guys that can throw them. Okay. Right? They have Cabe en- and Shen. They have enough guys that are tough enough and they can grind enough and cross-check and lean into guys. Whereas last year, I feel like Simmons was their only physical force out there. Well, they had Clifford, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And that, both of them got done penalties, I think, in game one or two or whatever <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of outweighed their usefulness right away. But, yeah, I see Simmons and more in there as, like, you know, one of our tougher guys. One of our, we, we were ready for scraps, something like that. That's why I see him coming in for, but the bottom six much more well equipped 
And, of course, you've got Luke Shen back there. And, by the way, Luke Shen scoring a goal and fighting. Oh, great. Nothing has made me more happy in a pointless hockey game this season than that right there. I agree. Just grinning ear to ear. So happy to see that. Well, that and Matthew's 40th. Yeah, like, if, if the team's going nice. to lose, go down swinging. And that's what I believe is the mentality that he has. And I don't care how much he plays, be it's 10 minutes or whatever, or if he's scratched, but I want that carrying over to the rest of the lineup. That attitude. And I think that, that that bleeds throughout the rest of the lineup, too. Yeah, it's, it's contagious. It's just like in the moment when the guy lays a big hit and then you go out next shift like, I'm going to go dummy somebody or I'm going to go score. Yeah. You just get a little bit more spring in your well, step. Well, you look at the, that big goal from Matthews against the Caps after Kadri, Kadri you know? Remember Joe, remember Joe Bowen's call? Austin Matthews with an assist from the guy sitting on the bench. Yes, great call, too. <laughs> that, that whole shift, that whole moment was awesome. I think Kadri had two hits. Two hits, shift, two yeah. hits. The one right up against the boards right as he was on the way off. And then literally in transition, yep. Matthews actually, I think Matthews replaced him. Yep. And came out, and it was a weird one. Eh? He took the shot, and it got blocked right back to him, and he just – a weird one. But and that's playoff hockey. You can change the momentum with, yeah. with just a little bit of effort. You know, when your teammates see that you're, you're, you're dying out there trying to make even the smallest play, whether it's a shot block or to get a puck up to the teammate, that stuff goes a long way. So I think they've got the right mentality, and I'm hoping that we get to see that come to fruition because they've done everything else right. Now you just got to fucking do it, right? Oh, my God. And we have to do it. And by right. it, I mean end this show. Good. Pretty long, actually. A lot longer than I expected. That's what she said. Yes. <laughs> 125. Wow. it's about right. Listen, um... Yeah, it's it it it's time. It's time. Are we delivering some live shows to the audience? What's your take? Uh, we'll have to get back to the audience on that, I guess. What's <laughs> up in here? <laughs> I don't know how. I just I I like twenty four hours from now. It's already too late. We're in. It's probably one nothing, two nothing, two two, one one. Like it's just crazy, dude. That the anticipation is killing me. It's killing me. And all for one series, right? Like, we 82 games, and here we are just for this this crazy week or two of playoff hockey. So we could be the first it. team in professional sports to get two parades from one championship. Because we will deserve a parade for the first round win, and then we will get a, <laughs> the regular parade. The first round parade. Yeah, the first round parade. Will be real. It just you, goes you, around the block once. You la- exactly, <laughs> but you laugh. But that's what I'm talking about. Like our, now, ce- our celebration will be epic. There'll for be one a party round. in the streets. Then calm down. There will be a party in the streets. Then, without yeah, a doubt. I know. And then calm down. And then we're off and running for a long run. There you go. All right. Well, we'll see you when we see you again, folks. I don't know when that will be. I'm hoping for tomorrow. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna do everything I can. But we'll see. The next time we chat is gonna be Leaf playoff scores to announce. The next time we release a podcast, I'm hoping it'll be before the series is over. <laughs> but if it's not, we'll see you then. Go Leafs, go! Go!